We would like to welcome you this morning to Mission Bible Fellowship as Pastor Stuart Guthrie brings a message from God's Word. We hope it challenges, encourages, and strengthens your walk with the Lord. Well, this morning, let us get started. Uh, go to the Lord in prayer as we get started in the Word of God this morning. Father, today as we look into Your Word and, and see Peter's exhortation to the faithful flock of God, uh, Lord, help us to, to have ears to hear and, and eyes to see Your truth. Lord, we pray for discernment and wisdom uh, among each one of us as we live our lives in constant pressure of temptation. Lord, we pray that You help us to see the spiritual warfare that, that uh, revolves around us on a daily basis. Lord, to, to know, to point it out, and to strive to follow You, Lord, through all of that. We ask, Lord, for Your mercy and Your grace for those that are ill this morning and able to be here to worship together with the body. And Lord, the great thing about You is that You are omnipresent. You're everywhere. And those who are ill at home, those who are ill in the, in the nursing home, Lord God, You are there, You're present, and they can worship You right there where they're at. But Lord, we ask that You have special grace and mercy upon them today. And those that are also with their families that are ill, uh, Lord, we just ask that You that You comfort them, give them a moment of peace and comfort. And Lord, we ask for healing in their lives and, and we ask all that for Your glory and for Your honor. Lord, this morning I ask that You fill me with the Holy Spirit as I preach Your Word. Lord, that uh, You use me and empower me and speak through me with truth. And may it be honoring to You and glorifying in Your name we pray. Jesus, Amen. Well, we have one more week until we complete the book of 1 Peter. Uh, I'm still praying about where to go if we continue into 2 Peter or, or somewhere else. And I trust God will give direction to that. And uh, We started with the introduction of Peter and we'll end with the conclusion of 1 Peter. Um, but let us not worry too much about the close of the book until we at least look at today's message. Uh, we're going to, to talk about something that I think each one of you and each, even myself can really use help in today uh, in our lives. Something we can all be encouraged by, something we can all be strengthened by, and something that uh, we can all uh, receive with open hands. And that is resisting the enemy. How is it that we resist the devil, um, the evil one? Now, I want each of us to know and understand here this morning. I know there are a lot of folks that I don't know, a lot of new folks, and I think it's very appropriate to make clear and understand that what we believe at this church is we believe in the absolute truth of Scripture. We believe what's written in the Bible is truth. We believe that there was an actual, a great flood. We believe that God actually rained down fire from heaven. We believe that Jonah was actually swallowed up by a well and that uh, he lived to deliver the Word of God to the people of Nineveh. Uh, we believe that Jesus Christ was truly born of a virgin. We believe, believe in absolute authority of Scripture. We believe that Jesus Christ was fully God, fully man. And yet He left heaven and became a man taking all the sins of humanity and paid the penalty of sin. And we believe to those that believe in His name will be saved for eternity. We believe 
that the Bible is truth and what it says this morning I think is important for us to understand and believe in a literal devil. We believe that Satan is a literal being. We believe in literal demons. We believe in a literal place called hell. And today we're going to talk about how we as believers, followers of the Most High God, can resist the fallen angel which we call Lucifer. And we're going to talk about how we can, through the power of Jesus Christ, avoid this enemy of God and draw closer to God instead of drawing closer to the enemy. And so I ask you this morning to buckle up your bootstraps and grab your notebooks and open up your Bibles and get out your pens and let us dig into the Word of God this morning. So as a quick recap before we get started last week, we looked at, if you remember, the faithful flock of God um, and what they should do. We divided this thing into two sections and we discussed three attitudes that, that we as Christians should live and have within our lives. We saw number one is that we should have an attitude of submission. That is unto the leadership in which God has placed over this church. We secondly looked at the attitude of humility. How we as Christians should be humble and place on the apron of servanthood to one another and, and, and serve each other. And lastly, the attitude that we looked at was the attitude of dependency. Understanding that in our life, in our circumstances, in our situations, that you and I cannot handle the pressures of life on our own. And so therefore, we have to have the attitude of dependency as we rely and cast all of our cares on the Lord because He cares for us. So that was what we looked at last week. Peter's exhortation to the faithful flock. The faithful flock should always follow what we said last week. This week we look at the faithful flock should always resist. Now you see those are direct opposites to each other. How can we say we need to follow and yet we need to resist? Well, if you missed last week that could be pretty confusing. But what we said last week was that the faithful flock of God should always follow. What was it that we said that we should always follow? The Word of God. The Word of God is what we should follow as the faithful flock of God. And what we're going to be looking at this morning is the Word of God. And so therefore, He tells us uh, to always resist the devil. To resist the enemy. Now the question that I ask myself and that you should be asking yourself this morning is how is it in our own lives... Can we resist the devil? How is it in your daily lives, whatever's happening, whatever circumstance is going on in your personal life, how is it that you can resist the enemy? How is it you can resist temptations that we all, everyone encounters on a daily basis? Well, let me tell you some ways this morning I think will help you in your journey. As the faithful flock should always resist. And it starts, number one, by an attitude of self-control. Secondly, it's by an attitude of awareness. Thirdly, it's by an attitude of resilience. And fourthly, it's having an attitude of expectation. Those are the four things that we'll look at. And I think these four things will tremendously help you. It has helped me in evaluating my daily activities, my daily temptations, my daily struggles in being successful in my journey of resisting the enemy. 
Now, I don't know about you, but could you use a little help this morning in resisting the enemy? Isn't the enemy just so alive in our day? He is alive in the lives of men. He is alive in the lives of women. And He is alive in the lives of children more now than ever before. As we approach the end times, He is on 24-7. Now, I don't know about you, but I can. And I sure hope that as I continue to grow in my faith that I can become a better resistor of the enemy. Well, if you will, let us look at our passage this morning. Turn with me to the book of 1 Peter, chapter 5, verses 8 to 11. If you're new to the Bible, flip all the way to the end, turn to the book of Revelations, and just continue to flip backwards. You'll run through Jude, and 1st and 2nd and 3rd John, and you'll hit 2nd Peter, and then there you'll be in 1st Peter, and we'll look at chapter 5. Well, I have to admit, I did some elk hunting this week. Can I get an amen? Yeah. And you know, coming from South Carolina, this is really my first time ever doing this. And, and as I went out into those mountains, um, it, it was pretty difficult. Number one, a flatlander ain't used to climbing up high. But you know, the reason I mention that is because as a newbie, I could have really used some experience with me. As, you know, most people, you know, for turkey hunting, I can go out and, and I know exactly what to do. I know exactly how to sound. I know when to be quiet and when to speak up. And I know because I've experienced. I've, I've experienced failure and I've experienced success. And, and I'm able to weigh the determination of how can I be more experienced with success than failure. Well, this morning, you know, we need to have a professional help us like I do in the outdoors. One that has experience. One that has harvested plenty of elk. One that has, uh, knows all the tricks of the trade. Well, this morning I want you to understand that we are learning from a professional. And when a professional tells you what you need to do, you and I need to be humble and sit back and go, alright, you're the professional. I'm the, uh, the one who doesn't know much. And now I'm going to follow. And this morning I want you to know this dude is experienced. He knows what it takes to, uh, to resist the devil's schemes successfully. He has fallen, he has succeeded, and now has experience in success in resisting the enemy. So this morning I pray that we have ears to hear what Peter has to say about this. Beginning in verse 8 of chapter 5, he says this, Be sober, be of sober spirit, be on alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to His eternal glory in Christ will Himself perfect Confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To Him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. This morning what He is simply saying is this. If you do not cast yourself 
onto God. If you do not bring your problems to God, which we looked at last week, about casting your cares, Satan could creep in, gain advantage over you as a believer... And so we need to be self-controlled. We need to be on alert. We need to resist Him firm in our faith. And after you have suffered for a little while, a short time, which pre-assumes suffering in our lives, God will bring about restoration in our life. You know, Peter is good about saying, this is what's got to happen. This is the life you're going to live. This is what you need to do. And then he gives us a hope. He says, your hope is that the restoration... When Jesus Christ comes back and restores you to Himself, when you see your King face to face, that's our hope. That's why we can deal. And so how is it that we, you and me, and everyone in this world who claim to be a Christian be successful in resisting the devil? And it starts, number one, by having an attitude of self-control. Now I could preach a whole message on self-control, and I don't know about you, but self-control is hard. Because let me tell you, the enemy just don't work in one area of your life. He, he don't just work in your visual aspects. He, he works not only in your visual, He works in your hearing. He works in your taste buds. He works in your feelings. He works in your emotions. Listen, self-control is in all of those areas. We need to be self-controlled of what we take into our ears, what we take into our eyes, what we pour out of our mouths, what we touch with our hands, because self-control affects everything and it's hard. He says in verse 8, the first part, he says, be sober of spirit. This is the same verb that he used in chapter 1, verse 13, and chapter 4, verse 7. And now when he's talking about being sober in the physical way of life, he is talking about controlled in relationship to not being intoxicated. Not being intoxicated, but being sober. Okay? That, that's what we would think in the physical sense. But what Peter here is saying is in a more metaphorical way. He wants us to make sure that we do, do not become intoxicated by the things of this world, by the allurements of our society, the things that are pleasing to our ears, the things that are pleasing to our mouths, the things that are pleasing to our eyes. We need to make sure that we are sober from those allurements in which attract us. This word could mean being well balanced as well in the Greek. And so it means having a well balanced spirit. It means that we don't take too much into the ears, we don't take too much into the eyes that are opposed to what God would have us to do. We need to have a well balanced spirit. You know, I could go out and I could go to Pops and I could eat hamburgers every day of the week. I'd be broke, but I could go. But would I have a well-balanced diet? Well, I could eat salad, but, but if I ate hamburgers and curly fries like I just love to eat when I go there, I would not have a well-balanced diet. And one day I will reap what I have sown, the effects of an unbalanced diet, an unhealthy diet. Listen, our spirit needs to be well-balanced this morning. The only way that we can have a well-balanced spirit 
is to take on an attitude of self-control. It's hard. I'm not going to stand here and say I'm successful at it. But I can tell you this morning, in the power of Jesus Christ, we have been given everything we need to be successful in being self-controlled. Now sometimes we desire, our personal desires keep us from doing that. Because, listen, the enemy, he works in every aspect of our lives. We need a well-balanced time in the Word of God. How about your Bible time this week? Have you cracked it? Have you read it? If you haven't, you're not well-balanced. And you can't expect to resist the enemy. How about your prayer time? We need to have a well-balanced prayer time. That takes self-control, just like reading the Bible. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 6-11. to It says this, So then, let us not sleep as brothers do, but let us be alert and sober. They always seem to go together, to be alert and sober. For those who sleep do their sleeping at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober, well-balanced, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, whom died for us so that whether we are awake or we are asleep, we will live together with Him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as you also are doing. We are scattered throughout Scripture about being sober in spirit and alert. Being well balanced. Listen, don't let the things of this world weigh you down. Because I can promise you they will. They will infiltrate your life everything to withhold back from what God has planned for you. Your God-given purpose. We as the faithful flock should always resist the enemy. Not only by having an attitude of self-control, but also by having an attitude of awareness. You see, they always seem to go together. Look, he says in the second part, he says, Be on alert! Your adversary, the devil, prowls like a, around like a, lo, a roaring lion seeking to devour someone. Don't let the things of this world get you out of balance. You make sure that you're balanced. Your spirit is well balanced. You want to know why that it's important that we should have all of these attitudes? Last week we looked at three attitudes. We looked at the attitude of submission. We looked at the attitude of humility. We looked at the attitude of trust, giving your cares to God. This week we're looking at the attitude of self-control. We've talked about, we're talking about the attitude of awareness, being alert. It's because your adversaries, I make it plural because I don't want to give more credit to the devil than what is due to him. The only one, God Himself, the God we worship, is the only one that can be everywhere at one time. We call that being omnipresent. 
Now, while I understand what Peter is saying, and I'm not trying to change the words of God, I'm simply saying Peter is saying here, the devil, the adversary is the one behind all of the mess in your life right now. He is the one who orchestrates the problems, the temptations, the struggles that you deal with. Unless, one, you've stepped out of the will of God and you begin to do what God has not said, then the only one you can blame is yourself through the problems you have. But God doesn't leave us in that fashion. He says, repent, come to Me. 1 John 1.9 If you confess your sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so this morning, if we have placed ourselves in a situation, we need to give on our knees, pray to God for forgiveness and get out of that situation. But many of us here this morning are being tempted by Satan. We're being sought after so that we would be devoured. We are called to have this attitude of awareness because the devil and his little buddies, you see, the devil can't work alone. Because he can't be right here and be down at the Bible, uh, the Baptist church at the same time. And so he has to have little buddy helpers that go around and help him with his work. Now listen. They're out to mess up your life. And while they may mess up your life, they can't take away the gift of salvation that is bought in the price that Jesus paid on Calvary. But listen, if the devil can get his foot in the door, if his demons and his, his demonic realm can get in your door, he can affect your ministry on this earth. He can affect your kingdom work. So we must be aware, we must be alert. Listen, when I go up into these mountains and I step out of this truck, I'm no longer in my domain, I'm in their domain. And while there's not lions as described in this book, the Bible, there are bears, which I've seen really big ones really close, and, and you know what? I'm glad I was aware. Because it might have been a different story. You might have had a different pastor if I'd have been just lollygagging in Walla Land. But there are, there are mountain lions. There are wolves. And listen, when you go out in those woods, they seek to devour you because you are food. You better bet when I step out of my truck, I'm aware. I'm aware of what's happening around me. And that's the same way we need to be in our daily walks, in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Being aware of when problems occur, when people begin to, to bicker with each other, to know that it's spiritual warfare. And to be aware and alert of what's happening. Just about a month ago, if you remember on the news, there was a story about a lion up here at uh, one of the lakes up near the cow. And this, this lion was stalking a dog. And this, this lion hid himself in the bushes. And as this lady walked her dog, the lion jumped out and grabbed a hold of the dog, trying to devour it. Okay? You take that image, you place it into your daily lives, and that's exactly what he's trying to communicate through this Scripture. The devil is prowling around as a roaring lion seeking to devour you and me and my family and your family. This morning, 
I want to ask you, are you aware that without believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, that you will enter into an eternity separated from God? Are you, are you aware of that? Because the devil is prowling. He wants to devour you. He wants to ruin your testimony. He wants to ruin your marriage. He wants for your kids to turn away from their faith and to begin to believe this paganism that's being taught in our culture today. He wants you to get so wrapped up in your daily activities of life that you never share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You just make a good influence. Listen, He wants you to go to that website and take a peek. He wants you to turn that channel to that one. He wants you to wear those clothes that expose your body in a way that's not proper. That's why we need to have the attitude of awareness so that we can be on complete alert at all times in our lives. Because the devil, listen, he wants you to fall into utter destruction. If he can destroy you, he can sure hinder your work for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus Christ is the picture in which we really want, not the enemy. Jesus Christ came that we might have life and have that life abundantly. But the the enemy, Satan himself, the thief, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Listen, to kill something is to stop it from living. You have no impact when you're dead. To steal something is to remove it, to take away. You never get it back. That's what He wants to do. He wants to steal your testimony. And listen, to destroy something is to have it be done away with for good. Listen, if the devil can have you, tempt you and his demons to drink over and more in which you're capable of handling, and you get in that car and you get killed, guess what? You're out of the picture. No more work for the kingdom. He works in all those areas. But listen, Jesus Christ, He comes that you might have life and have life abundant. The King of kings and Lord of the lords, the one for us, not against us, He comes that we might have life ongoing eternally. And not only ongoing life, but having it abundant, filled with joy, filled with peace, filled with making impact for the kingdom of God. And to live, listen, and never to die. Never. That is what awareness does. When we are aware, we can accomplish being good visual people in resisting the devil. A roaring lion uses his demons for work. You know, the male lion doesn't typically kill. I was talking to Tom this week and we were discussing this passage and he gave me some great insight and so I'm using it. It's not from my mind, it's from his. But what he told me was that when when the male lion is the one that typically doesn't kill, it's the females who kill. And so they go out, they find prey, and they surround this prey. And when when they are surrounded their prey, the male lion roars... 
and gets the attention of the prey. And while the male lion has the attention, guess what the ladies do? They go in for the kill. Listen, guys. That's more realistic than what you think. I'm just joking. <laughs> the prey is not aware of what the male's job is. But we need to be aware of what Satan's job is and the tools he uses to accomplish his goal of destroying us. We need to know spiritual warfare when it begins to take place and where to look to solve the problem. Awareness and proper thinking, listen, can help overcome temptation in your life. Temptation to believe, listen, that you're not good enough. Listen, you are created in the image of God. You have value. I don't care what your mommy and daddy tells you. I don't care what your buddy tells you or your friend tells you. You have value because you are created in the image of the Almighty God. And every soul, born and unborn, have value. A temptation to think that you're not beautiful. Listen, God designed you just the way He did for a purpose. And I don't care what you look like or what kind of problems you have, you are beautiful because you are the way God created you. It helps us to overcome the temptation to think that we're not special. It helps us to come overcome the temptation to think that, oh, I can just watch it once. It's okay, right? Just once. I try it once, right? No. It helps us in overcoming temptations to think, oh, I'll just sleep in today. God doesn't mind if I take a day off. I've worked hard all week. Listen, God doesn't never take a day off. Praise God, we ought to be getting amens. Because if God took a day off for just one second, this world would fall to pieces. It, it would help us in thinking that, well, you know, I don't need to pay my tithe this month. Listen, don't you think that I've been through that struggle? <laughs> oh, man, I'm short this month. I'm, I'm short this month. How am I going to deal with it? I'll just skip. There's a temptation. But listen, being aware and having proper thinking understands you don't own what you got. It's all God's anyway. And just as much as He can give it, I've seen Him take it away. And so go ahead and give it to Him right up front. Make it the first thing on your list. Because it's all His anyway. Listen. Being aware and understanding with right mind will help you overcome the temptation. After temptation, after temptation, which you and I are bombarded with every day. Awareness and self-control. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the first part of it says this, No temptation has overtaken you, but as such as is common to man. You and I are not facing any temptation that is not common 
to humanity. Someone, somewhere, is facing the very exact temptation that you are facing. And the reason we fail, listen, when we are tempted is not because God has left us, it's because we wanted to. We desire it. Because sin is good for a season. Sin is good for a season. Not to God, but to us. The reason we fell when we were tempted is because we wanted to do it. James 1, 13-15 says this, Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. Listen, God don't tempt you this morning. Don't ever think that God has tempted you with a sin. Don't ever think God is tempting you with divorcing your wife because He has something better for you. Listen, God does not tempt people. God tests people. Satan tempts people. God allows Satan to tempt you. For God cannot be tempted by evil. And listen to what He says here. And He Himself does not tempt anyone. But each one, listen to this, each one is tempted when who? He, me, you, is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Listen, David and Rebecca just had a child. My wife is pregnant. When you get pregnant... It takes a while for the baby to develop and then all of a sudden it's time and the baby's born. That's just like sin. When we fall into temptation, we get impregnated with sin. And listen, when we live it long enough and we indulge ourselves in it long enough and we continue to do it, it begins to grow and it begins to grow and next thing you know, it gives birth to sin, to death. This is why it's important to have a well-balanced spirit, to be self-controlled. And that's why it's important for us to be aware so that when the battles are happening and the spiritual things are going on, we remember that our battles are not against flesh and blood. Listen, that is probably the most important thing we can understand as a body together. Our battles are not against each other. They're an effect of what's happening in the demonic realm. It's not your brother or sister you need to be mad with. It's a spiritual battle that's taking place and the enemy wants to finish you off. He wants to finish me off. So what is another way that we can resist the devil and his warfare? Thirdly, it's by having an attitude of resilience. Now, I like, the, I like the word I used, resilience, because I wanted to express a word that sounds tough. I don't know about you, but for me it's, you know, resist. That's, that's a good word. But re- resilience is a tough word. And we need to have the attitude of resilience. I am not going to let the devil into my life. I'm going to have an attitude of resilience, resistance. I'm going to resist the enemy. That's the attitude we need to have. Peter says, listen, but resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences 
of suffering are being accomplished by your brothers who are in the world. You know why you can resist them? Because your brothers and sisters who are scattered all over the world are resisting the devil right now today. When you have the desire to, to turn that television on and watch something that's not godly, just remember, somebody's been successful in that today. Somebody has succeeded in being resilient to the enemy. That should encourage us to know that we're not in this battle alone. Some of the things you deal with are some of the things that I deal with. Some of the things my wife deals with, some of the things your wife deals with. Some of the things my children deal with, some of the things your children deal with. And you know what? That should be an encouragement that we're all in this. We have the same problems. We're the same sinners. We're the same messed up. We're born in the same manner in need of Jesus Christ. You and me as Christians must tap into the power of Jesus Christ in order to have victory over sin. And each believer has been equipped with this ability. But it starts with self-control. Well, it starts all the way back to what we looked at last week. About being submissive and humble and having hope and trust and being self-controlled, having an attitude of resilience, being aware, being alert. That's where they begin. These are the tools in which she's taught us. We need to make sure we're strong in these areas so that we can resist. When things get hard, listen, you stand up for it. I don't care what it is. You stand up for it. If it's biblical, stand up. Lose your job over it. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. When someone asks you to do something against your convictions, if you know it's not biblical, then no matter how unpopular it is, stand firm, brother and sister, and I'll get your back. And we all should get each other's back. When we get new information, we have to stand firm. When we understand something to its fullest, we have to be alert and aware and stand firm. Because, listen, the enemy is crafty, and He wants to get in these doors more than ever before. Listen, there's great things happening in this church. Don't get, listen, don't get discouraged by some of the things you see that don't look great. Focus on what's happening good. Focus on how many children are sitting in this building this morning. God is bringing about a new generation of believers into this community. And let me tell you, when you're sitting out and you're looking at a, a bunch of old folks, that's great. But eventually, they're all going to be with Jesus. But here in this church, God has blessed us with tremendous opportunity for growth. And a tremendous opportunity for these young people to grow up, to know the Lord Jesus Christ, and to evangelize in this community in an age group in which are not being reached. We need to stand up and resist the devil. These three attitudes will help us. Self-controlled awareness and resilience. And the last attitude that we want to have and be successful at this morning in resisting the devil is by having an attitude of expectation. Listen, again, Peter always points to the expectation of the hope of the return of Jesus Christ. Always. Because in the context of 1 Peter, 
in a lifestyle in which people are being persecuted, beaten, burned alive, killed for their faith, the only hope they had is in the second coming of Jesus or them going to be with Christ. That was their hope. And that's the hope He's given us this morning. God doesn't promise you wealth. He doesn't promise you prosperity. He doesn't promise you good health. But what He does promise is that He's preparing a place for you. And when He comes again, He will receive you to Himself. That where He is, you may be also. That's something to be hopeful in and looking for the second coming of Christ. We need to be more future-oriented. That's why it's important that we hear studies like Tom's doing on Revelation and Wayne. Because there's hope in the consummation of Jesus Christ. What you expect to happen after you live your life resisting will help determine how you respond to testing and pressures and temptations in your life today. Your focus on today, your focus of the end result will simply dictate how you respond today. Listen, I'm not saying you're always going to be successful. And praise God that He don't keep score. Because if He kept score, we'd all be losers. But just like we told the football team this Friday, you play, your hardest, you play the hardest you can. You play your heart out. And you let the winning happen to itself. Listen, this morning as a brother in Christ, I encourage you to fight the good fight. And if you fail, get up. Ask God to forgive you. Get up. You're saved by grace, not by works. When we are tempted and fall into sin, listen, we have failed to look at our expectations of this life. He says here in verse 10 and 11, After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to His eternal glory in Christ will Himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, establish you. To Him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now as I was studying that, I didn't see that. I just saw that now. Listen, isn't it wonderful to know that it's Him who's perfecting you? It's God who is perfecting you. It's not yourself who is perfecting you. So when you fall down and you get up, He can still use you. He can still perfect you. He can still confirm you. He can still strengthen you. He can still establish you. Suffering, it says, for a little while, the God who is of all grace is receiving something that you didn't deserve. Grace is something you didn't deserve. Receiving something you didn't earn. And it says, in which you were called. Do you realize this morning that God calls people to Himself. The Bible says no one seeks after God, no, not one. This morning, if you're here and you're an unbeliever, you don't know Jesus Christ personally, listen, God draws you to Himself. And I, and I pray this morning that if God is calling you to Himself, That you don't fall into the trap of the enemy. Again, He's seeking to devour you as a believer and you as an unbeliever. Because if He can prevent you from stepping into the kingdom of God, He's he's a lot better off. Don't step into that trap. Thinking that you can do something. 
thinking that you can earn your way into the kingdom of God. Obtain something to make your relationship right with God. Because the Bible teaches that we are all fallen short of the glory of God. We have been separated from the King of kings and Lord of lords. Isaiah 53 says that you have made a separation between your God. Your sin has made a separation. And I pray this morning that you would draw close to Him if He's drawing you this morning. Don't ignore the knock on the door. Don't be hard of hearing today, for no one seeks the Lord, but He has drawn many and is still drawing many today to Himself. When you feel God calling you to repent as believers, don't be prideful, be humble. Remember, we need to have an attitude of humility and say, God, you know, I've messed up. I've been sinning. I've been failing in the temptations. And you know what, God? I'm going to trust in Your power and Your grace and Your mercy to get me past that. Don't grip that seat today. Come. Place your trust in Jesus Christ. And you as believers repent and trust in the Lord Jesus to make you right, clean, and righteous before God Almighty. That He might perfect you. That He might confirm you. That you are truly of Him who knew no sin, but became sin on your behalf that you might become righteous. That the God of all grace and all mercy might strengthen and establish you this morning. That you, yes can resist the enemy of God and give praise to the King of kings and Lord of lords. He finishes in verse 11, to Him be dominion forever and ever. Listen, Peter is giving praise to God right here. And this morning we need to give praise to God. Don't you want to have the ability to stand against the schemes of the devil? You know how powerful that is? Listen, God, I ask that You do something wonderful in here today. That You bring somebody out of the bondage of something that's been in their life for years. That they can begin to focus on their self-control. That they can begin to focus on all of these attitudes that You've given us today. God, I just ask that You help those who are here who have never trusted in Jesus Christ to see their need for a Savior who has paid a price they can't pay. God, only You can open the eyes and the hearts of man. For the purpose that You and me can know have an expectation that we can be successful in resisting Him. Believe today. Repent. Resist. Be prayerful that you can be successful in resisting knowing that Christ has already given you the ability to have the victory. He has provided a way that you might stand firm. And the last scripture I want to read to you this morning is Ephesians in closing. It's chapter 6, verse 10. It says this. 
Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God. Don't leave none of it at home when you wake up in the morning. Put it all on because you need it. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Listen, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, because it's not against flesh and blood, because it's against these powers, these rulers, these authorities, therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the, in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. This morning, my encouragement to you, brothers and sisters, is when you are tempted to stand firm and resist, because if the enemy can creep into your life, he can devour you, ruin you. He can steal your testimony. He can kill your ministry. Or he can destroy you completely. Let us pray this morning.